Seattle Kraken 6-3. And the big story, Vladimir Tarasenko scores in his first game as a New York Ranger. Better yet, less than three minutes into the game, in his second shift. And it's assisted by Artemi Panarin. So that's really what you were looking for. And, you know, more than anything, it seemed like Panarin had more jump. It seemed like Panarin was playing better to me in this game than we've seen him in recently. And, you know, is it, I guess, in the one hand, unfortunate that it takes the acquisition of Tarasenko to kind of get Panarin more jump started? Sure, but but whatever it takes, you know, is going to be worth it if it really is going to make the difference. And, you know, for game one, I think for Panarin, it did a whole lot of good. For Tarasenko, I think, you know, as the game kind of progressed, you know, he, he kind of dipped a little bit. And that's, look, a lot of a lot of adrenaline. I think with the whole team, they, the Rangers played very, very well in the first period. They, it was a really a very impressive first. And from there... Kind of, you know, got a little bit sloppier. I mean, the officiating in this game was really, really, really bad. I mean, the the it was just terrible calls left and right. Just a poorly officiated hockey game. But, you know, the Rangers, things got a little bit interesting in the third, but they generally were in control. And, you know, against a desperate Seattle Kraken team, and, and it's just so apparent that the Eastern Conference is just so much better than the West. You, you just see it routinely it is a wide wide gap i mean whoever comes out of the you would think right i mean and you've seen crazy things and of course you know a team like colorado comes to mind who just won the cup but you know the the winner of the east should be a decent sized favorite versus the winner whoever comes out of the western conference but that's a story for another day for the rangers i liked the lines that they had for this game so as far as the defense, it's what you'd expect with Mikola, with Schneider. And Mikola, bit of a rough night, although some of it was unlucky. But, you know, obviously not, I shouldn't say, a, it wasn't a bad night. It just not, not, the, not the game that he would have wanted. Some of that his fault, some of it not. And so, you know, it's, it, but it's an adjustment. You know, it's his first game. It's tough. And with Braden Schneider, he's struggled lately. Whether it be with Ben, whether it be with Ben Harper or not, Schneider has kind of, you know, not been as good recently. The seventh defenseman is Ben Harper. Libor Hayek did clear waivers, so it's funny after all these years of, you know, them kind of holding off on that. He did clear waivers and he was sent down to Hartford, so no one wanted him, and so he's in Har- he's in Hartford. And the forward lines really liked the decisions there, and it was Zabanajad. Centering Panarin and Tarasenko, the kid line. And what was interesting was Trocek with Kreider and Kratsov. And I, I kind of like that. And Kratsov, you know, he was all right in this one. Nothing special. Nothing that's going to really, you know, change things much. But I thought he was okay. And the fourth line, VZ, Goodrow, Goche, which that line also really didn't do a whole lot. But on paper, I like that line on paper. I think, like, based on all the options, I like it. And so it meant that Jake LeCision was a healthy scratch, which to me is the definite move. So LeCision and Harper as healthy scratches with the current roster is what it should be. And I'm fine to stick with these lines for now. And, you know, we already saw a little bit where VZ, like, late in the game, it was a two-goal lead. Kraftsov was on the bench. VZ took a spot. You're going to see things like that. You're going to see... 
you know, things of that sort. And, and I get it. And I'm fine with that. I am. Especially in those situations. But the Lions, I think, let's you know give these a chance for a while. And then also what was really encouraging was the power play units are really completely changed. And to the point now where both are going to get an opportunity, which is great. So Trocek is off the number one power play unit, but not for Tarasenko, but for Heedle. So Heedle takes Trocek's spot. And now in the second unit, you got Trocek with Lafreniere, Kako, Tarasenko, and Miller. But it kind of depends on the situation as well. Because we did see Truba on the second unit at times. We did see Tarasenko for Heedle on the first unit at, at a point, and you didn't. And when Truba was on, there was no Tarasenko. So I just like the openness and the ability to have that second unit get more of an opportunity. And so now it, there's much more balance. But I just think it's all kind of coming together. And this Tarasenko trade, at least from the forward standpoint, and, and, and I think Mikola is an improvement over Ben Harper. Uh, not that it's. You know, that's not saying much, but I think that he'll prove to be that. But I also think that adding another defenseman, if they can, I would still look to do that. Whether that be like a Justin Braun type of acquisition, even something less than that. I think you want Mikola to have competition more than just Harper. But I don't think that Mikola's spot is necessarily locked in. But again, just one game. You know, so you, you really can't judge it off one game, but... Again, not the start that he would want. But anyway, you know, a lot of excitement going into this game. And, you know, the Rangers really, they, like I said, played a really, really good first period. And 249 in, it's Tarasenko's 11th goal of the season versus a Ranger from Panarin. Uh, a turnover at the neutral zone by the, by the Kraken leads to an on-man rush. And Panarin finds Tarasenko, who goes five-hole against Martin Jones. I mean, that's just, that's special. That's special stuff for, for Tarasenko, you know, right away to get that goal is, is big. And, you know, the fans were going nuts. And so the Rangers take a one nothing lead early. Then the Rangers score again. And it is Capo Caco scoring his 10th goal of the season. I thought he was really good tonight as well as. He won Lafreniere, but it's good to see Kako score. He hadn't scored in, what, 15, 16 games, a goal, that is. And so it's Kako from Heedle and Lafreniere. Rangers take a 2-0 lead, 5-0-1, into the first period. Then the Rangers take a 3-0 lead as Vinny Trocek scores a greasy goal. And that's all three lines scoring with the Trocek goal. Trocek's 15th goal of the, of the season from Kreider and Lindgren at 14-29. So the Rangers up 3-0 early. And, you know, it, it was really, you, you, you were feeling very good about things, you know, after that first period. You know, from then on, it, it, it wasn't quite as sharp. And, but the good stuff continues as Jaden Schwartz is called for an illegal check to the head at 19-14, uh, where he hits Lindgren. They call that. Uh, and... In the second period, that second unit kind of gets a fortunate goal, and it's Jacob Truba. It's Jacob Truba's first power play goal in a long time, I believe. Truba's fourth goal of the season from Trocek and Kako, so two points for Trocek and Kako. And it was a goal where Truba, it was kind of towards the side of the net, throws a soft backhander towards the net, goes off of the defenseman and in. So uh, a fortunate bounce, a lucky goal, but 
the Rangers take a 4-0 lead at that point. Then uh, you get a goal by Seattle on a bad line change. A bad line change where the Zibanejad line leaves the ice. And I guess that was oh, no, it wasn't great, but it was okay. But I think the fact that Keandre Miller left as well kind of left Truba alone. And the kid line was coming on. It kind of left Truba alone. I believe Schneider was setting on the ice. But a bad change leads, leads to Oliver Bjorkstrand scoring on a breakaway. Uh, or I guess a mini breakaway. And it's his 10th goal of the season from Tolvanen. Nice pass by Tolvanen. And just like that, it's back to a three-goal game. 4-1 Rangers at that point. So a bad line change. You, you can't have that. But, you know, there was no scoring for the rest of the period. But there was... A couple of penalties. Artemi Panarin, they call it interference. And he was standing up for Tarasenko. Whether, I mean, I forget, was it Borgen? I forget who it was that sort of hit Tarasenko. But Panarin was not happy about it. He went after him. So, you know, it it wasn't smart, but it didn't bother me. Tarasenko's new to the team. It's his buddy. He's, you know, defending him. I'm all right with it. And the Rangers do kill it off to make things better. Then Mikola takes hit the first of three penalties. And it was funny. The other, I think the stat was another former St. Louis Blues defenseman, Christian Backman, was the last Ranger, or maybe only Ranger, but let's just say last for sure, in his debut to pick up three penalties. And the Christian Backman experience was not a very good one in 2008. So Mikola, it's a high sting penalty. This one... It was a penalty, but it was a, a bit of a fluky one where the play was kind of over and Miglo was kind of lazy with the stick and he high-sticked Daniel Sprung. And it, it was a legit penalty. It was a weird one, and you wish that Mikola was kind of a little bit, you know, smarter with the stick. But I kind of understand the play was, was really over. But it still counts as a penalty. And the Rangers do kill it off. So the Rangers keep that 4-1 lead. And then Jordan Eberle... High six Calendry Miller at 209 of the third. And that leads to another power play goal for Mika Zibanejad. Zibanejad, it's his 26th goal of the season, his 15th power play goal from Kreider. And really, Kreider made the play. Really nice pass by Kreider. Similar to a goal we saw against Calgary, uh, where Kreider found Zibanejad wide open on a nice pass, and Fox gets the other assist. So the Rangers take a 5 1 lead. With that power play goal. So the first unit scores on that one. And then. Mikola takes. Another penalty. This one at 428. And this was. Legitimately hooking. Right. So what he did was legitimately a penalty. However the play was offside. They didn't call that though. So it should have never happened. However what he did was hooking. But again. He got beaten where he really didn't deserve to get beaten because it was, in fact, offside. And on this power play, they score Jared McCann on a slap shot from far out. Uh, Shesterkin was screened, and it's McCann's 24th goal of the season from Dunn and Bjorkstrand. And so now it's 5-2. And then right after that, Seattle scores again. And this is a breakaway for Brandon Tanev. So Tana finds himself all alone, and this was one. I know, I know. I guess it wasn't a breakaway. He 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 beats Braden Schneider. He beats he beats Braden Schneider to the outside and, and ends up all alone on Chesterkin and goes five hole and scores. 
So it's Tanev's 10th goal of the season. And the assists go to Donato and Dunn. And so, yeah, not great right there. And, and that's, you know, things, if that one-off side doesn't happen, good chance it's still 5-1, but it's kind of a domino effect. You get the hook and penalty, power play goal, and boom, they score right after 5-3. And, you know, again, for Braden Schneider, it, he's going to have to get used to playing with Mikola. So that, that's going to be a work in progress. Like, absolutely, it will be. Then the Rangers, Mikola takes another penalty at 8-20. And it's a delay of game penalty. And look, it, it deflected off of, uh, I, I believe it was Matty Beneers. It, it deflected off of a uh, Seattle stick. But they called delay game again. Really, really horrendous officiating. So, look, he didn't deserve that penalty, but the Rangers do a nice job. They killed that one off. And then at 15-23, and I, I didn't really love this call either. Jared McCann has called for hooking Alexi Lafreniere. I guess, kind of felt like a makeup call. But then after that, it becomes a four-on-four because Adam Fox is called for a tripping penalty at 16-12. And that one, I felt like, you know, was a... You don't normally see that one called. Really odd stuff. Long story short, the Rangers, it's technically a shorthanded goal as the McCann penalty had expired and the Fox penalty was still ongoing and Ryan Lindgren... It's Ryan Lindgren's first goal of the season. It's an empty net goal, unassisted. The Rangers take a 6-3 lead. They win by that 6-3 score. And, you know, it, it, it's nice. Shesterkin was in that tonight. You know, just, he wasn't great, Igor. And it's funny, Igor at home this year has not been all that good uh, as compared to the road. He's been excellent on the road, really, really good on the road at home. Kind of, you know, all right. You know, the win-loss record, I'm sure, is, is pretty damn good. But... You know, not nearly as good as on the road. I'm sure it's nothing more than just a coincidence. But it is interesting that, more to the point, they they did go with Shesterkin in this game. And then I'm going to assume, right, and I feel strongly about it, that Halak will go tomorrow against Carolina, which I find interesting. And again, Halak has been pretty good lately. Didn't think he was all that good against Cal. I mean, he kind of slipped a little bit against Calgary, you know, so... But he's on a six-game winning streak. And look, like I said, last year we saw Georgiev and, and one of his starts did really well at Carolina. So they don't really seem, Gallant and company or, or Benoit Lair don't doesn't seem to care much about the matchup. You just figured, you know, this will be the first game uh, at Carolina for the Rangers since game seven last year. It's Carolina's first game out of the All-Star break. It's going to be an interesting game, but it's one that definitely I'm a little bit weary of. And I think that there's potential for things to go wrong. I think... It'll be interesting to see what happens early for the reasons I just said. Rangers have played a lot lately, whereas Carolina hasn't. So Carolina might be rusty, but I fear if the Rangers kind of don't take an early lead, Carolina should be the stronger team by the end of it. Again, we'll not, who knows, but for the Rangers, I kind of want them to empty the tank tomorrow because they don't play until Wednesday at, at Vancouver. They go on a Western Canada trip. So I think the Rangers might have had a, tonight, might have had an eye towards the Carolina game. I don't know. Whether that was a, you know, it may not have even been the case, but it's something to think about. But they really weren't even able to do so because the officiating was so bad that the Rangers kind of had to dial it back in in the third. But anyway, Rangers had beat Carolina at home in early January, a little over a month ago. I will be interested to see how this game goes. Rangers at Carolina, start of a road trip. However, in reality, I'm sure they'll go back. I, I mean, you know, I guess anything's possible. I would assume they're going to go back home after the Carolina trip. 
maybe they go straight to Western Canada. We'll see the way it does technically start a road trip. So they'll be away from the garden and Tarasenko and Mikola will be able to sort of uh, acclimate himself a lot more with his teammates. But really the story in this one, Vlad Tarasenko, first game as a Ranger, scores right away. And, you know, it, it's the start you're hoping for. And if Tarasenko can, you know, be any bit of what he's been in his career with the St. Louis Blues, obviously this year, you know, hasn't been quite the numbers that we've seen in recent years, but still pretty good. If he can be like that, I mean, that's really going to help the Rangers quite a bit. And, you know, you can tell the team was excited tonight. And hopefully this is just the beginning of, you know, what could be, you know, a really special run. The Rangers are now 30-14-8. I mean, they're 19-4-3 they're in the last 26 games. Again, before they head to Carolina, they win at the Garden. They beat the Seattle Kraken in Tarasenko's debut. They win 6-3.